Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Alrighty, who's ready for the Word of God? Alright, thanks guys. Love the worship tonight. That was fantastic. Um, Tonight, this service is really a communion service. And so we're going to, at the end of the, in a little while, I'm not going to preach long tonight. I said that this morning and I think I kept my word. So I keep my word. And, uh, and so we're going we're gonna to share communion together. Communion is a great thing. Uh, we don't do it every week, but when we do it, we really want to focus on it and not just be a little token thing that we sort of tuck in for a minute or two, but to spend the whole service really focusing on the communion, the celebration of the body of Christ. Uh, and this, you, we as the body of Christ are that celebration. Communion services were a, in the early times of the church were a massive feast. They turned them into essentially parties, which was great uh, for a while. Uh, they took it a little too far and uh, Paul had to write a little bit of an, an adjustment and correction to, to the Corinthian church and said, you really, because they started, because it wasn't just a little sort of thing of juice and a little token, a little bit of bread. They, they brought full meals and they started, and there was wine feasts and they went, sometimes it went for hours and days and they got sort of a little bit too into it. So Paul sort of corrected them uh, uh, that, a little that way. Unfortunately, I think as the church, we've gone too far the other direction and made it this sort of uh, uh, somber token thing that we do in the church that no really, nobody really knows the meaning of anymore. And it's this thing, oh, communion, nobody knows what it is. And I, as a young Catholic boy, I did my first Holy Communion and, uh, and, and you know, did that. And I had no idea really what the body of Christ and the crucifixion was about. So I think it would be a great thing tonight to talk about the cross. Who thinks what is the power of the cross? Come on, there is, it is the centerpiece of Christianity. It is the centerpiece of human history. The cross is the, the point at which our lives take on meaning. All of history looked to the cross. And from the cross, all of history was changed from the cross. And, and it is that point. And so I'm just, I've got two major points I want to share with you tonight. And then we're going to share together as a body and celebrate the, uh, the, the death of, of Jesus in a great way. And, and it's not a somber thing. It is a great thing. It should be one of the most exciting uh, uh, celebrations of the Christian life regularly. You know, and, uh, and, and the, I was saying, sharing with the morning service that when the Lord returns, which by the way, he's going to return. Just that's another little piece of theology. Jesus is coming back. Do you know there are more prophecies about his second coming than his first? And who, know, who knows he came the first time? He's going to come a second time. And when he comes... The first thousand years of, of us being with God in heaven is going to be a massive party. It's for the, the wedding feast of the Lamb. It's got, and it's not going to be little plastic cups uh, with little pull things that are hard to get off. It's, it's been the first 500 years trying to figure out how to get the little plastic tops off. It is not going to be that. Who's looking forward to a, a real party? So uh, that's, that's, that's what's coming. That's what's coming. So the deal is I want to give you the next few minutes... Uh, what is a classic piece of, of, of Scripture, which is the Romans' road of salvation. And there are key few verses, all from the book of Romans, which I love the book of Romans. It is, it is an amazing uh, uh, a book that really talks about our salvation. But there are these Scriptures that, that give us the pattern of salvation and just lay it out 
it's not, you don't have to read the whole of Book of Romans, which I think is a good thing to do anyway. But in the, in the middle of it is the cross. If you can imagine the cross in the middle of this stage, there's several scriptures uh, that, that lead into the cross. And there's a, a few scriptures that are on the other side of the experience of the cross. My first point is we need to get to the other side of the cross. God wants us on this side of the cross. He wants us on the saved side of the cross and not on, on the I need to get saved side of the cross, which we're going to talk about right now. The first one is Romans 3.23, powerful scripture that says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody say all. Now, I, I love the fact that this scripture puts us all into the same category. All have sinned. There is no one that is any more or less special than anybody else. Nobody is born and, and can say with any confidence, I am a Christian, I am right with God. All of us are born in the need to be right with God and not right with God. All of us are the same. You uh, doesn't matter whether you're born uh, in, a, in, a, in a Christian home, a or religious home, doesn't matter how many times you were taken to services, none of that means anything. All of us fall short. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So guess what? We're all in a great camp together. How about we all experience a move of God together and, and experience the same God in the same way, experiencing the same salvation? Who thinks that's great? Another scripture that's on this side of the cross is Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no other consequence to sin than death. There is no other, there is no escape from sin, none, other than the cross. The cross is the only answer to our sin. There, 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 sin is sin and the only consequence is death. The consequence of a sinful life is death, eternal death. Wow, this is a great message tonight, isn't it? Who's uh, glad that there's going to be a good conclusion to it? So we're still on this side of the cross, so don't panic too far. The next verse is Romans 5.8 that says, But God, everybody say, but God. <laughs> but God demonstrates His own love for us in this, colon, why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ, I love colons. Is that the right word? It's funny, it's a body part as well, but, uh, but in, in, in literature, it's a good thing because it's in other words, it's like I'm about to make a point, uh, which says, so if we can keep that scripture up, what God demonstrates his love for us, why we're still sinners. How good is that? Why we're still sinners? We weren't seeking for him. None of us were. I wasn't. I wasn't looking for God. But guess what? He was looking for me. You weren't looking for God. But guess what? He went on a search, a, a relentless pursuit for your life. He went for you. He, his love is so encompassing and so powerful and so wonderful that he said, I want that person. And he's doing that to every human being on the earth right now. Unfortunately, people aren't necessarily responding or listening, but he went for you. He pursued you. And guess what? Look at you. You're here tonight. You're in the house of God. You're loving God. You have a life that has been pursued by the very love of God itself. I think that deserves a hand and a praise offering to God. He pursued you. And you all have a pursuing story. I have a pursuing story. God pursued me and he uses people to do it. Somebody, um, God used somebody to get you into church and get you into salvation. When I was 15 years of age, 
I wasn't looking for God. And I was down the south coast on a surfing holiday. It was with my family. It was a summer holiday. And there was a beach camp, a Christian beach camp that used to sort of invade that particular beach every uh, Christmas. And, uh, and I saw them even when I was a young kid. I sort of ignored them and thought they were a bit strange and what have you. And then when I was 15, three of them, three of these beach camp attendees decided to, to choose me, obviously, as their mission. They were relentless pursuing me for that whole summer. Every, I would get up in the morning, come out of the caravan that we were staying, pop that, they were sitting on the grass out the front of our caravan. True story. And they pursued me forever. Like every time I went in the surf, they, they walked down the beach with me and sit on the beach until I got out of the surf. And uh, I remember one particular time I was out in the surf and I was there for, and, and I, th- I saw them on the beach. And I thought, they'll go eventually if I just stay out here long enough. I'll just, uh, no, after one hour, two hours, three hours, they, just, they were just sitting there waiting. I'm like, I've got to go in. I was turning into a prune. Uh, I, so I need to go in eventually. So I went, eventually went in. And sure enough, first thing they said to me, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. They, for, for, for a month, every day, all day, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. And I'm like, I've got to get out of here. Like, oh, this is crazy, driving me crazy. And I had these arguments back with them, arguing with them about evolution and creation and all sorts of things. That whole summer, I didn't meet Christ. But they, I'm sure they kept praying for me. Then I went to university. One of the first people I met at university was a Christian. And this, for the next year, just kept witnessing to me and witnessing to me, you need Jesus. You need to meet Christ. You need to meet Christ. And when I was 20, when I was 20 years of age, my father passed away. And my heart became more open when sometimes when something tragic happens, you begin to get softer and open to God. And my sister, who's here tonight, came back from one of her trips overseas and said she'd found Christ and uh, took me to a meeting in Sydney Town Hall in 1978. And it was a born-again, spirit-filled, Jesuit Catholic priest who was preaching that night. That's a handful, isn't it? That's a mouthful. And he, I, 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 all I remember him speaking about was the love of God. And halfway through that meeting, my sister said to me, what do you think? And I turned to her and said, I believe. And suddenly, I went from this side <laughs> of the cross to the other side of the cross. How awesome is that? Suddenly, I find myself looking back on the cross. I'm, I'm now, now on the, on the, on the, I've been pursued and I've been forgiven and I'm on the saved side of the cross. And then in Romans 10 verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How good is that? The next verse, 10, 13. I'm just giving you this Romans road. It's awesome. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love the word everyone. Everyone say everyone. Two of my favorite words, everyone and anyone. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16, it says, anyone who turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. This scripture says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So if, if all of us have fallen short of the glory of God, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All you need to do is call on his name. Jesus, just call on his name. He will come. And suddenly you'll go from a, I need the cross to I have received the power of the cross in my life. And I've met Christ. And it gets even better. And then on the, there's, now there's three verses that exist on this side of the cross. 
Let's look at Romans 5.1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified this side of the cross, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the benefits of having walked through the cross is that you now have peace with God. A lot of people are looking for peace and the peace of God, but the most important peace is peace with God. Because on this side of the cross, we are enemies of God. On this side of the cross, we are friends of God. On this side of the cross, we have his judgment. On this side of the cross is grace. On this side of the cross, there is no peace. On this side of the cross, I have the peace of God. And I have that living in my life. How awesome is that? I think, yeah, go on, go on give the Lord a hand for that. And then it gets even better. Romans 8.1. Check this out. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. On this side of the cross, there's no guilt. How good is that? The greatest plague of humanity is guilt. But guilt comes from sin. And what the cross does is gets rid of the cause of the guilt, which is the sin. And once the sin goes, the guilt goes. And you can live a righteous, holy, God-filled even if you stumble, even if you mess up, which we all do, you've got the cross again as access to be able to forgive you of your sins and get back on track again. How good is God? Therefore, therefore, there is now, everybody say, no condemnation. It doesn't say there is little or a, a, a tiny bit. There is now no condemnation, no guilt. And God removes us that from our lives. And the last one, the last scripture on the Romans road is this one, Romans 8.38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The other benefit on the cross over here is assurance. Once you, once you get on this side of the cross, suddenly you realize, I have the assurance of salvation. It is solid. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. I love the fact that it even uses angels or demons. That's awesome, isn't it? Paul? No, angels or demons, height nor depth, death nor life, nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are solid, secure. Your feet are solid in the things of God. You are on this side of the cross. God is good, isn't he? And, and, and we can celebrate that and the power of the cross, but we need to get onto this side of the cross. If you're not on this side of the cross, get over this side. And all you need to do to get over this side is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's all you need to do. You don't need to do any special magic. There's no special prayers. There's no special movements. There's no special, and in fact, there's not even any special life. You can't live a life good enough to get on that side of the cross. The only person who lived a life good enough to get you on that side of the cross was Jesus himself. He took the punishment for us, so we don't have to take the punishment anymore. So it's over here. It's a free gift. It's free. It's free. Everybody say it's free. So this is, so no wonder we're going, to we're going to celebrate communion tonight. And we need to know the cross. We need to know the message of the cross so it's clear in our hearts. And just one more major point, and then we're going to share communion. There was one primary purpose of the cross. One primary purpose. And this is what it's important for us to know, and that is the purpose of reconciliation. God wanted to reconcile several things. And just the next couple of minutes, I'm going to talk about those. Now, reconcile is a big word. It's not a word we use a lot. But really, it's sort of join back together. It's get back together. 
Most Hollywood movies have a theme of reconciliation in them somewhere. Hollywood knows this. Because it's about, you know, the love, the couple that sort of haven't met and they meet and then they have a sort of a nice sort of time at the beginning and then it goes south and then they sort of reconcile and then it's a happy ending. No, no movie ever has this sort of clean line. There's always these dips and what have you. But the, you, all of us are waiting for that moment of reconciliation. Is it going to happen? Because we all know it is going to happen because it's Hollywood. But, but the great thing is in the gospel, it actually does happen. In the cross, the, the, the good ending does happen if we give our lives to Christ. So we have these amazing scriptures. Check this one out. Colossians 1.20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What God has done on the cross is reconciled us to him. Because guess what? We weren't reconciled with him. We were separate from God. See, God's aim is not your salvation. That's not his aim. That's, just a, sort of, that's, that's a necessary byproduct. The real aim is real relationship with him. That's the aim. He, wants, he made you. He created you. You made his image. The aim of the cross is to get you back connected to him so that you can walk in a living, vital, powerful purpose-filled relationship with God himself so that you can know God. So you can get up in the morning and go, I know God. I don't just know about him. I don't just attend church services. But you personally can say, I know God. How awesome is that? I know God. I can get up and say, I know him. Actually, he speaks to me occasionally. Not that often. Um, It's not all weird and sort of funny and sort of I don't hear voices and that, but I I have a relationship with God and He has guided my life so clearly and so powerfully and and spoken to me in in clear things and that only comes from a relationship with God. And that relationship can be be walked out and you can... you can foster it. You can, you can develop it. You can get closer with God. And, and I go, for me, I, I go for walks with God. How awesome is that? As a young man, as a, a young minister, I remember we were living at Narrabeen. I'd, late at night, because our, uh, the kids were little, I, nighttime was the best time for me to go and pray. So I'd walk on Narrabeen Beach with my trusty dog, uh, our, our Labrador, Sam. And he'd, he'd walk with me and we'd walk together. And then the, in the late evening, walk on Narrabeen Beach, often for hours at a time, getting to know God. And as your heart begins to swell with love and with appreciation, His voice begins to come into your heart and, and you begin to know God. And He'd speak to me about stuff. And, and, and you'd get senses about what to do and what not to do and, and, and what decisions to make in life because He wants an intimate relationship with you. That's the the, the cross isn't something that we just wear around our neck and it's all about the blood of Jesus. And the, no, it's just about a reconciliation with you. So he can walk with you for the rest of your days. How awesome is that? That's, that's great, isn't it? But wait, there's more. There's more. There's a second reconciliation. Check this scripture out. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. 
and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Goes on. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Next verse. For through him we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. That is a powerful scripture. What most people don't know about Christianity and about the cross is that the reconciliation is one, between God and us, but two, between me and you. The, the, the reconciliation between you and me is just as important as between me and God. In fact, Jesus was very clear and said this, if my reconciliation with you doesn't exist, you don't have reconciliation with God the Father. He said, if you don't forgive your brother, you have, then you don't get forgiveness with God. So my reconciliation with you is just as important. The, the horizontal aspect of the cross is just as important as the vertical. And they live together. The cross that lives together. That if one of those axes is removed, then Christianity ceases to exist. If you have no relationship with God, we just have each other. That is a terrible world. If we just have us and God and no fellowship, then the body doesn't exist and we go strange and weird. But this creates balance. This creates community. It creates understanding. That's the deal. Here's the deal. Back in those days, he was talking about there were two groups of people. There were the haves and the have-nots. There were the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Jews were given the law. The aim of the law was to be a light to the Gentiles. All the way through the Old Testament, there are many scriptures. It's called the universal gospel. The, the Lord called the Jewish nation to be a light to the Gentiles. What they, didn't do, what they didn't do was that. They kept it to themselves. And they said, no, this is for us. And in fact, everybody else is unclean. Everybody else doesn't deserve to have God, and we are the chosen people. Jesus came along and broke all their rules and said rubbish. And in fact, he, we read, just read that scripture. They used to, even if Gentiles would come into the Jewish temple to worship, they would sit. The wall of hostility was a literal wall. They would sit Jews on one side and Gentiles on the other. So here's the deal. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil that separated God from man was torn in two. But also the wall of hostility that separated the Jews from the Gentiles was broken down. But here's the deal. We've got to break the wall down. He, he tore the veil. We break the wall. So it is the, the divisions between people that are just as, as much part of the cross as, as the veil between us and God. That understanding creates unity in the body so that we can function as one. There is nobody that's excluded from this. No one. We have fellowship with everyone. Anyone who is a believer, no matter what background, what situation they come from, if, if we have Jesus as our commonality, they are a brother, they are a sister, and the body of Christ should be functioning in that zone. That's where the power is. And I, sometimes I think God sort of withholds his power and grace because he's wanting the body to begin to function as one man, as one woman, as, as the body of Christ and functioning in that zone. And so that, that's the second reconciliation. But wait, there's a third reconciliation. And this is all part of the cross. Check this scripture out. I'm just giving you scripture tonight. Is that all right? 2 Corinthians 5.16. Therefore, from now on. I love from now on. That's another of my favorite phrases in the Bible. From now on. Because from now on represents from this, prior to that verse, 
life was one way. But after this, life changes. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Next verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Great passage. That's a great one to memorize. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Great. We've just learnt that. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word or message of reconciliation. The third reconciliation is that now he has given you a ministry of reconciliation. You know the scripture talks about the day we pick up the cross and, and carry the cross. The cross isn't a cross of suffering. It's a cross of reconciliation. That's the cross. It's the burden of reconciliation. Jesus has suffered. The Bible says very clearly, Jesus suffered once for all. There's no more suffering. The the Christian life has suffering, but there's no more suffering for reconciliation. Jesus did that. That's what the cross did. It got rid of our suffering. Anybody glad about that? The, the, The cross we bear is the cross of reconciliation. If we carry a relationship with Jesus... If we, if we are in reconciliation with Jesus and in reconciliation with our brother, then we now carry the message of reconciliation to the world. And unless we carry the message of reconciliation between Jesus and us and people and us, we can't be a message of reconciliation to the world. And that's that message. We are that. We are the message. I love the Bible. It says that we are ambassadors of Christ. The Bible very clearly says we are not, you don't belong to this planet. You're just visiting. You're not citizens of this world. The Bible very clearly says, and it uses this phrase, you are citizens of heaven. In other words, you're now not born of the world, you're born of God. You have the seed of the, in, you have the incorruptible seed of Christ that's on the inside of you. You are now of a new race. That race is called God's people. You are born not just to heaven, you are born from heaven. You are now just on this planet as an ambassador of another land. You're not from this land anymore. Bible says in First Peter that you are a strange people, a peculiar nation. You are, you are peculiar in the sense that you are not of the spirit of this world. Another spirit has been entered into your life and you have a different attitude. You, where, where, the, where the world's going that way, you're going this way and you have the spirit of Christ on the inside of you. That's awesome news, isn't it? Great stuff. Anyway, Give the Lord a hand. So here's the deal. Not only are we reconciled to Jesus, and not only are we reconciled to one another, we now carry and are ministers of the message of reconciliation. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you carry that message. Your aim is to reconcile people to God. What's the message? Not holding men's sins against them. The world feels guilty. The world feels good. They don't know it, but they feel it. What we do is we relieve them from their guilt because we carry the love and the grace of Jesus with us and bring people into his house so they can experience the freedom that we've experienced. It's as simple as that. I think we should have revival. What do you reckon? We've got nothing else to do. We might as well do it. You've got nothing else to do. Everything else is a waste of time. So I think Northern Beaches needs a revival. Why not have it? And here's the deal. Why not start tonight? 
Why, why should it be something in 10 years when the, you know, the, another prophecy of the glory of God coming? The glory of God is here right now. The glory of God is upon lives that are on fire and reconciled to God. The glory of God is upon the youth in this church. The glory of God is upon the young adults in this church. The glory of God is upon every member of this church. And I'm excited. You can tell. I'm more on fire now than I was 32 years ago. I love Jesus because a vital relationship with Jesus will keep you alive. It'll keep you on fire. It will keep your life active and free and strong. It will not keep you from problems. You'll still have problems. I've got more problems than a lot of you. Uh, but, but, but I hardly even know what they are. I hardly even think about them. It's because God is bigger than those problems. God is bigger than that. So we're going we're gonna to do something right now. We're going to share communion. And we're going we're gonna to break bread or break open the plastic things. Uh, together, and I want us to stand to our feet right now. They're going to, and uh, now if, you, if the guys can hold off distributing communion just for thirty seconds, but if we can stand to our feet, that'd be great. The band would come. That's awesome. I think the Lord deserves a big hand right now. Thank you for His word. Come on, make a noise. Woo! God is good. Who loves the Word of God? It's so good. It so just speaks for itself. It's amazing. That's why it's important as believers you read the Bible because so much great stuff in there. You know, some of you here tonight may be still on this side of the cross. That's okay. I just want to help you get over this side. This is really cool over this side. I love this side. This side's way better than that side. But you know the deal, it's... Over this side, that's why Romans 3.23 is so important. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But trouble is, unless you know that, you don't, you don't recognize your need for the cross. None of us are good enough to come to God. And some of you here tonight might be still on the yet to believe side. But I want to give you the opportunity right now. If you don't know Christ... The God who came to earth and died for you and hung on a cross to take the punishment that we deserved. If you don't know Him, you may have heard of Him. You may have even gone to Christian school. You may have been raised in your church your whole life, but in your heart of hearts, you know you don't have a living, vibrant, real relationship with God. Or maybe you're here and you keep hanging you sort of in and out and in and out and you're just hanging around that zone and you want to just get your Christian life and your relationship with God all the way onto this side or maybe you've fallen away from God and you're way back down deep in the place that you shouldn't be so tonight if any of that applies to you if you want to know God for real only your heart can tell you where you're at If that applies to you and you want Christ, you want God, and you know in your heart that you don't have Him, or you want to come back to God, or you want to make sure that you really do have Him, just slip your hand up and say, Mark, that's me. Pray for me. I want that in my world. I want the power of God in my life. If that's you, don't be afraid. If that's you, just slip your hand up and we'll pray. Thanks. Awesome. Who else is there? Just raise your hand nice and high so I can sit I'm not going to do anything weird or embarrassing other than just pray for you in a minute if that's you anyone else just raise your hand thanks man that's awesome 
Anyone else? One young man's raised his hand nice and high and bold. That's awesome. Come on, be, be bold. Me- measure your own heart. And if, and if you don't have that genuine, vibrant relationship with God that's real, just slip your hand up and say, Mark, that's me. Who else is there tonight? So a second person who we can pray for and believe God for. Anyone else tonight? If you've fallen away from God, if you're not on fire for God and don't know Him fully, just slip your hand up right now if that's you. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, and at the end of the service, we're going to pray for that, that gentleman. Raise your hand in just a couple of minutes. Right now, we're going to share communion together. If they, the guys can, can to distribute that, that would be great. Fantastic. And as we're sharing this communion, I, want, I would love you to just to begin to reconnect with Jesus in a new way. That's what communion is about. It's a reminder. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. What he was saying there is that don't do it in remembrance of his natural person, but what he did. Remember Christ. Remember his power. Remember his crucifixion. Remember he rose from the dead. And also, maybe you're here tonight and there is a break. There is some lacking of reconciliation in a relationship somewhere. Maybe it's with a group of people. Maybe it's an attitude towards a certain sector of society. Maybe it's with an individual. Maybe it's within a marriage. The aim of communion is to bring healing at a lateral level, a horizontal level with someone else. And if there's a breach somewhere in your heart, ask God to forgive you and make a decision to step into a place of healing in that relationship somewhere along the line. Or maybe as a church, as an individual, you're like, I'm not carrying the message of reconciliation. I need to carry the fire again. I've just become a church attender. Maybe let's make a commitment as a church that we would not just be reconciled, but we would carry that message to our friends and to our family. And I know I need to repent of that. And God, just help me. Help me be a little bolder. Help me realize what God has given me. The message that God has put on the inside of me, it's for me to share with somebody else. It's not for me to, to hide my light under a bushel. I need to get that message out. And I, I need to hear that as much as anybody. I'm preaching to myself here as much as anybody else tonight. How are we doing there? Are we we ready to partake? If you've already eaten, then God will forgive you. May He bless that communion that's already gone down. But if you haven't, let's just partake together. Body of Christ. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.